You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into the Arrowhead and Pride Draft Room. I am Stephen Serta, joined by my guys Ron Cop Jr. and Caleb James. Kramer Sanson in the background, helping us keep this thing afloat, as he always is. Night two of the NFL Draft. Um, I'm not outside, and there's no windows in this room, so I can't really confirm that it is raining, but last time we were outside, it looked like it was going to rain. Uh, so, Kansas City Chiefs fans might be getting kind of wet tonight. Um If you've ever been to a rock fest, you know how muddy Liberty Memorial can get when it rains really hard. I have seen some pretty gross things go down at rock fest. So I'm I'm kind of in on the chaos of that happening tonight. So let's see how much it rains here in Kansas City. But obviously, I think, uh, as you guys heard, if you checked out our four hour long podcast from night one of the NFL draft, uh, we were pretty happy with the Chiefs round one, despite uh, the board kind of not falling uh, exactly how we wanted it to uh, late in the first round for them. But you guys, it's day two of the NFL draft. Still a lot of talented players on the board. And I think this is the time where we knew the Kansas City Chiefs were trying to move up in the first round. We knew they were making calls and it just didn't really work out. I think this is the time where and, and the night of the draft where we could really see them try to be super aggressive and make some pretty significant moves. Yeah, no, I, I think that the fact that they didn't trade up last night, even though I, I think a lot of the reports, a lot of the, the the talk around the Chiefs was that they really wanted to, right? I, I think they really did want to, you know, Quentin Johnson was the first name that kind of came up, but but there were multiple guys. I do think they were wanting to move up for any of those receivers. Um, you know, Zay Flowers as well, obviously went right after Quentin Johnson. And then we hear about, obviously, that they were trying to go for Mozzie Smith with the Dallas Cowboys, and, and the Cowboys obviously denied them because they wanted to take him himself. They wanted to make a big move on day one, and and the fact that they couldn't, you know, I, I bet they wanted to move back, obviously trade back, but I think there was a little bit to uh, maybe Clark Hunt wanting, wanting, wanting them to make a pick on day one, um, especially if they wanted to take the local guy anyway. I think that was a great way to end the day one, um, night one, but it's going to be even a more fun day today, boys. I, I, uh, I'm i excited about what they're going to do because the fact that they didn't trade up last night, I do think there's a chance we could see a trade up uh, here in round two or round three, but, but round two would be the more exciting one, Caleb, I bet. Yeah, and they didn't go out and, you know, make like that splash trade that we, you know, everyone wants them to go make. But what they did do at pick 31, they got a really reliable, very young player who is still ascending as far as his skill level, his athletic ability and all that. Felix Andiki Uzoma, he is going to come in here and probably possibly be the day one starter at either the weak side linebacker or not weak side linebacker, weak side defensive end. And the way, you know, I went home last night and I just couldn't stop thinking about the picks. So I did what, you know, film guys do. I started watching film until I fell asleep. And (laughs) you go in there and, you know, some of the stuff we mentioned last night, I'm watching his game versus Alabama. And he's playing against Bama. He's going against Tyler Steen, who's going to get drafted today by somebody. 
but you know they're having him line up in these tight formations you know he's lined up in like real close to the line of scrimmage and they're going full contain because they're playing Bryce Young and they just don't want him to get out there and you know make a play on them but the first time they let him line up in like a seven technique closer to a wide nine maybe he comes ripping off the line of scrimmage swats down Steen's hands and Steen wasn't even expecting it just because you know he'd been rushing in tight all game he is much better fit he is a much better scheme fit for what he's going to be doing here in Kansas City as opposed to what they had him doing at K-State I don't think there's any reason anyone should be mad about this pick because they got younger more athletic and they got a lot more physical up front on the defensive line with that selection well and I think that's the big thing too here is that they got young and it's not like, like he's only 21 years old. Like he's going to be a 21 year old rookie for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like that's pretty incredible. Like getting players that are that young and that like he could still put on size. He's still got all kinds of developing to do and maturing to do as the Chiefs try to build him into a starting caliber NFL player. And you know, Caleb goes home after a long night, uh, after a four-hour straight of broadcast, and he's breaking down film and checking out the Chiefs traffic. I'm just crushing beers in the shower, like <laughs> trying to catch a little bit, a little bit of a buzz, so I can go to sleep because I'm wired after the NFL draft. But it was fun, and, and I was excited. Like I, I know I, we all really wanted Nolan Smith, and Nolan Smith would have been, I think, a home run pick for them. But there was just no way like he was going to get past the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I am a firm believer in the Chiefs would have traded out of the first round if this thing was not in Kansas City. Like, I, I think right. I absolutely think that they would have. I think that Veach was taking calls. And I think that Clark Hunt was like, you are not robbing me of making this <laughs> draft pick announcement. He was pumped up. Yeah, first round yeah. Uh, of the NFL draft in Kansas City. Yeah, and go back. You can find that on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter page, so at Arrowhead Pride. Uh, we got the video of Clark announcing the pick, and you can hear him, like, really, at the end, he's like, I got I to gotta give him something because <laughs> Mahomes and Kelsey keep coming out here, and they get the crowd all fired up, and everybody loves them. Then I come out here, and everybody's kind of quiet, and, Clark's like, this is my city too. I want, I want to get them fired up. So it's funny. I was cracking up when I saw it last night. So go, I, I highly encourage you to go check that out at Arrowhead Pride. But I also want to let you guys know, we are not going to go live for four hours again tonight. Um, it's that was a ton of fun, and we, I, I don't know if physically we are up to it again. Um, but we had a ton of fun with you guys last night, so I really encourage you to check out that uh, entire first round. We broke down every single pick in the first round of the NFL draft on that podcast from last night. But tonight, we're going to kind of talk through some of the Chiefs' needs here as we start the second round, some of the best players available and the guys that they should be looking at. And then we're probably going to take a little bit of a break until the Chiefs make a move or, or it seems like they're getting close to actually making a pick. That way we can we got some other moving parts going on tonight at AP and we're doing a ton of stuff and and, and still cranking out just incredible coverage for you all, all weekend long. We'll be down here tomorrow as well on the final day of the draft. So we got plenty of stuff for you at arrowheadpride.com and on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. But Ron, you put up an article today. Um the best fits for the Chiefs on day two by position by position of need. And I, I want to talk about some of the players. Obviously, wide receiver is one of the positions that we've talked about the most. And last night we were super excited because it seemed like the wide receiver group was falling exactly how we wanted it to fall for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it just did not work out that way. 
but there's still some talented players. And in your article, you put North Carolina wide receiver Joshua Downs, Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt that we talked about quite a bit last night, uh, Tennessee wide receiver Cedric Tillman. I know Rocky is a huge Cedric Tillman fan, Cincinnati wide receiver Tyler Scott, SMU wide receiver Rasheed Rice, Oklahoma wide receiver Marvin Mims, and of course our guy Ole Miss wide receiver Jonathan Mingo, who I think we all like and, and could see him as, as a good potential fit for the Kansas State Chiefs. But let's just kind of talk about those guys, why you have them ranked, where you have them ranked, and, and how you think how, how aggressive the Chiefs need to be and trying to land one of these wide receivers. Yeah, you know, we talked about Jalen Hyatt a lot um, as a potential first-round pick. I was not a fan of him as a potential first-round pick. I really feel like they, they it's just not the right value um, for a player like that. Um, you can find guys maybe a little later in the draft. You mentioned Tyler Scott, Marvin Mims, some of those guys that can do maybe a similar skill set. But we're getting to the point where, yeah, if he is there at 63 or, you know, maybe even later somehow, I, I, I doubt that with his kind of speed, but – we are getting to the point where it does become maybe good value to get one of those guys. So I, you know, definitely look out for that, but I will say I don't really want to see that necessarily. I think this team needs somebody as a receiver that can win on the perimeter that can win through physical coverage that can make catches over the middle in traffic. I think they're missing that uh, with the absence of Juju Smith Schuster. The only receiver additions we've seen this off season are Richie James and Justin Watson. And, and so now we got, we got the chiefs, uh, you know, looking at, Potentially receivers like Cedric told me to mention Jonathan Mingo. I think those two are the fits. Rasheed Rice, though, is also kind of that X receiver type um, that can win um, through physical coverage. I'm just not a huge fan of, of his uh, consistency as a player. I'd love to see Tillman or Mingo, and it may mean trading up. Um, but I, again, I think since they didn't make that move last night, they have that extra fourth round pick in their back pocket to, to move up at least maybe 10, 12 spots. I think you could see that uh, possibly happen if they if they like uh, you know Tillman or Mingo enough. But again, I wouldn't be too surprised if they do want to uh, touch on the speed now that we're getting to the point where I think that the you know Jalen Hyatt at six three would be good value. Oh, and Caleb, I want to get your take on that group of wide receivers. But by the way, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers did not trade out of thirty two, despite rumors that they were seriously interested in moving back. Uh, they took cornerback Joey Porter Jr., somebody that we talked about last night, talented player. I think uh, he's going to fit in well with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They need some help in that secondary, so that's a big pick for them. Uh, the Tennessee Titans have apparently traded up with the Arizona Cardinals to number 33. We don't have the details on that trade yet. It's got to be Will Levis, right? It's, it's got to be at this point. Yeah, I mean, it would make it would it would make a ton of sense for the Titans to go up and get Will Levis. Uh, and I, I mean, at that value too, where we, we were talking about them taking him in the top 15 and to to get him in the second round, that seems like. Uh, a pretty good deal for a team that took a chance on Malik Willis last season and has already lost a lot of faith in him. But uh, getting back to the wide receiver uh, group and, and Caleb, like kind of what Ron was saying, I love the speed and I love the explosiveness. And I think that's what Andy Reid loves. And, and I think that's what he gen generally covets in his wide receivers. But it was kind of nice last season to have a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster who is who was so strong and who could actually like go up and get the football on those like back shoulder sideline throws because the chiefs haven't had a lot of those guys uh, in, in recent years. And it would be really nice to have one of those like AJ Brown style of wide receivers with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. And so I'm curious how you feel about this wide receiver group. And do you, do you feel like the chiefs should kind of stray away from what Andy Reid typically likes and just the speed guys, the guys that can take the top off of a defense. Yeah. And with that, you know, two names I'll bring up who I think would fit into that kind of a mold would be, uh, and Will Levis just got taken by the way, by the Titans that pick made a whole lot of sense for both sides. And he quickly went off the board, 
But uh, just to uh, reiterate on that a little bit, um, Jonathan Mingo and Cedric Tillman are two guys I'm keeping an eye on on day two who could maybe be that bigger, you know, larger, you know, receiver type. Tillman would be a guy who comes in. He's going to need a little bit of polishing with his route running, but he is a physical guy. He's going to be able to box people out. He's going to be able to go up for a lot of those back shoulder fades, kind of like you saw with Juju. And then with John Mingo, you know, I think in some of our episodes of our film room, we said he might be like a little bit slower version of Sammy Watkins. In some instances, he's a guy, he's got yak, you know, he's a big time yak guy. And they used him in a lot of different ways. He wasn't just primarily a receiver They, you know, he can block. He's a physical kind of guy. So he's got all that going. I think they could maybe even run him kind of like how they run, uh, how they run with, uh, you know, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown up in Detroit. I think that might be, you know, a little bit of a comp for him also. And he's a guy that, you know, could fall, but it's his range is so wild. You've seen him ranked anywhere from, I mean, I'm seeing him like they're saying he could go by pick 35 now. And you're seeing some people saying he's not even a third round pick. So there's not much of a consensus on him, but we've been big fans of his. Yeah, no, I I really feel like if, if the Chiefs want um, the kind of receiver that they've been missing uh, since Sammy Watkins, um, you know, because I think the 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 key point with the Sammy Watkins comparison um, and and what they've been missing is Sammy Watkins was a legitimate threat um, with the ball in his hands after the catch, and and I think Juju had some of that too, but just even not to the same extent. I think Sammy was special with the ball in his hands. He was almost like a running back. I think they're trying to replicate that to an extent with Sky Moore. I think he can do some of that. But he's just not the big body type to really, you know, uh, fully, truly do uh, a lot of the things we're talking about, catching through traffic, you know, catching over guys. And and that's not as important in the Chiefs system, but they have the other guys to complement right now. They have the deep throw with MBS. They have the slot receiver types, you know, the yak, yak guys in terms of, uh, you know, Sky Moore and, and, and Kadarius Tony. It would just make sense, you know, if you're building your basketball team, your, 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 your wide receiver, you know, core, you know, we like to say, you know, you need your power forward, your point guard, your shooting guard, all that. You know, we need a power forward. They have they have the guards. You know, they have they have uh, kind of the the playmakers. Uh, they they need kind of that bigger body to, again, catch contested catches. You know, over the middle. You know, get open through physical coverage. I just think they're missing that kind of right now, um, and and that's why I, that's why we're big on Mingo until. So in, in your article for Arrowhead Pride, like out of this group of wide receivers, like who's the guy you'd be most shocked to see them take? Ooh, that's a good one. Honestly. If I had to choose one, I'd probably say Joshua Downs because I, I, I do think he, he doesn't have the, the vertical um, speed maybe that some of the other guys do, but he's also, you know, he's a smaller slot receiver that doesn't have maybe the size, that, that kind of physicality. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, that, that you know, uh, you know uh, the other guys, you know, like a Rice or a Tillman or a Mingo have. But, you know, if they were considering, you know, just any offensive skill position play, you know, a guy like Sam Laporta made a lot of sense for them, but he just went off the board of the Detroit Lions at the top of the second round here. You know, a guy that, you know, has that receiving ability, that playmaking ability as a tight end. You know, we've been high on him, you know, all three of us, uh, me, Caleb, and Nate. And so it's hard, sad to see him go. But, again, I, I you know, these receivers are, are slipping more and more down. You know, uh, we're three picks in. We just, haven't seen one yet. The Lions have just been the kings of this draft of, like, of taking guys that you think are going to be available later so far. Uh, I feel like that's all three of their picks. You're like, wait, what already? And I know you guys have talked about Sam Laporta a lot as a guy that, and a guy that was really being mocked to the chiefs uh, a ton this off season. So 
That's interesting to see. Um, I, I want to move on to the offensive tackle group. Uh, I, I think that's out of, outside a wide receiver. That's obviously the uh, next uh, big position uh, of need for the Kansas City Chiefs. So tell us a, a little bit about some of the guys in this group and, and guys that you think Chiefs fans should really be aware of. Well, we're, we're talking offensive tackles. Uh, you know, it's kind of a weird position the Chiefs are in right now because I do think the second round is not necessarily the greatest pocket, uh, you know, uh, he like you know, Brett Beach likes to use the word pockets, you know, uh, uh, zones, I guess, hot zones in, in the draft uh, for certain positions. I don't think offensive tackle is has a pretty good hot zone in the second round. I think you kind of missed out on that first wave. You know, Anton Harrison was the last uh, last kind of top tier offensive tackle, in my opinion. He went a few picks before in the first round. And now you're kind of looking at maybe a day one Jones is kind of that only guy that you really feel would feel good about, you know, plugging and playing right away. If you were to draft him on day two, um, you know, other guys. You know, in consideration on day two, according to the consensus board, you know, you have Matthew Berger on the Syracuse offensive tackle, you know, kind of a stouter guy, maybe not that necessarily the best fit for the Chiefs. Uh, Cody Malk, Blake Freeland are, are up there right now, but I, I just think they have too much development to go um, in terms of being pass protectors. That's why I think it, it would make sense, Daywan Jones, if they could get him, but he's probably not going to be available for them. That's why it would maybe have to be like a Jalen Duncan, the Maryland offensive tackle, or Nick Saldivari, the old Dominion offensive tackle. But both those guys are more like third-round picks. So all that to say is I wouldn't necessarily expect them to attack offensive tackle in the second round. It's just not the right value right now at the position. Yeah, but then you get into a point where if they think they're going to get a tackle, we've been through this in some mocks we did you get to a point where you know if you wait too long on tackle, there's a chance there's a big run and they all end up off the board before, you know, 95 rolls back around. But, you know, the two the two guys who I've been seeing, you know, have been popping up all over today, been like the hot names, have been Malk. And really, that's interesting because there's still no consensus. You know, some view him as a tackle. Some view him as an, as an interior player. There's really no general consensus on where he's going to go. But with Daywan Jones, you have an athlete of considerable size. And, you know, some of that size brings a lot of questions about whether, you know, is he going to come in and is it going to be like another Mekhi Becton situation where he's consistently hurt? Is it going to be a situation, you know, where he just can't stay on the field or if he gets hurt, you know, he's not going to be able to recover as quickly because of his size. But he is a phenomenal athlete for being as big as he is, you know, the Orlando Brown comparisons I've seen people make to him, I disagree with those wholeheartedly. He is far, you know, he's built far differently than Orlando Brown was, and he's, you know, much, you know, much quicker. He ran like a one, you know, his split in the 40 yard dash was about 1.9. Orlando's was a two. So you'd be improving some athleticism, and he does have the ability to come in and be, you know, that starter at right tackle. But, you know, again, some of the questions with him. How's he going to go against speed rushers, you know, coming in from wide angles he's not used to? He's got some fundamental things he needs to clean up with his footwork also, but he seems like a pretty solid prospect in either the second or third round, at least, the, you know, the way the board is falling. I don't know if the Chiefs would be in on him, though. And, by the way, the Las Vegas Raiders have just traded up in the second round. Uh, they trade with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Raiders trade pick 38 and 141 to jump up to pick 35. So, see what the Raiders are doing. It seemed like they were going to be in play to do what the Tennessee Titans just did. So, uh, curious to see who they're trading up to go after here. And we'll keep you updated there. Uh, but, like I mentioned, 
We're going to keep this one uh, a little short. Uh, we're going to cut back a little bit tonight, but we will be back live again as soon as the Chiefs are on the clock and hopefully after they trade up in the second round to go get an impact player. But our, our final two position groups, and we'll start with the defensive tackles. And I, I'm curious if you guys, if I'm correct in saying like this, I think is like the most intriguing group for me, right? Like I feel like there, there's a few guys in this group of defensive tackles that could fit really nicely with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Keanu Benton guy. Um, he's he's the best defensive tackle still on the board. He was my number two defensive tackle. I ranked him over Mozzie Smith, um, who went in the first round. I just think he has the capabilities um, to play next to Chris Jones on the, on the defensive line, um, be that nose tackle type. You know, I, I know there are, you know, he, he is a tall player. You know, he does have some pad height issues at times, um, but I think he can make up for that with his long arms, his, his big stout frame, um, just just a massive human being, really hard to stay in front of. So he's my guy, but but it is an interesting thing, man, um, because because you're going to see a, a guy like Gervon Dexter be available at 63 possibly, and he's, he's kind of this ball of clay, you know, really good athlete at his size. Um, you know, he, he came into the combine about 6'6", 310", but had the the four eight eight forty, which was impressive for his size. I think the Chiefs might value his length and his size um, at at you know w- at what he does. But Benton actually does have the longer arms, as, and that's where I come back to Benton uh, continually. I just feel like he is you know the best prospect for them at defensive tackle. But let's be realistic; he he's a really good player. He may not last very much longer. And so, if we're going to be more realistic, I think I got like Siaki Ika, the Baylor defensive tackle, or Zach Pickens from South Carolina. Both of those guys should go a little later, could be available for the Chiefs at 63. But I'd watch a, I'd watch on Ika. I feel like with his, you know, he's kind of lost some steam over the draft process. If he does start to slip a little more, get into later in the third round, he's a plug-and-play nose tackle right away. You're not worried about him, uh, you know, against double teams at all. He's going to eat him up. He's a huge dude. You're worried about maybe his ceiling as an overall player. Um, but I, I think he has some movement ability where he could develop. And, again, he's going to be an instant starter for you right away. Just watch out. I think if he slips maybe a little too far into round three, the Chiefs could move up from that round three position they have and go grab him and get an immediate starter. Yeah, and I describe at one point I think I described Siaki Ika as a buffet on wheels <laughs> because <laughs> he is a large individual and he is designed for plugging up A and B gaps. And when you look at the kind of defensive tackles Joe Colin is typically coached in his defense – he is looking for like these massive space eaters who can just take on double teams and let linebackers run free. An example of that would be Brandon Williams. You know, they bring him in to end the season, but they spent a lot of time together in Detroit or not Detroit. They've spent a lot of time together in Baltimore. You know, he coached him most of his entire career. I think he could be looking for a nose tackle like that. Obviously Derek Nottie comes back to the roster, but his playing time, you know, it, it's not going to be guaranteed at this point just it because of be. his, his, you know, he hasn't been able to produce the last yeah. season or so, last couple of seasons at, you know, the rate that he was earlier in his career. So I do think that that defensive tackle position is still something they need. Um, I'm getting real worried Benton might be off the board here soon, yeah. but we're going to have to just wait and wait and hold our breath on that one. And uh, we mentioned that the Raiders traded up and it was to take tight end Michael Mayer. Um, we're on a tight end run right now. Uh, that was a position group that we talked a lot about last night where kind of surprised and one of the more talented tight end classes that we've seen in a long time that there wasn't more of them that actually went in the first round. Uh, but it seems like that was a high value, uh, high value position. And 
I, I, I understand uh, the, the need there for uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So moving on to uh, our, our final position group that you had uh, in, in terms of prospects to watch for the Kansas City Chiefs are on. Um, well, we're talking about tight ends now, or just uh, there's a lot of other players. So just, let's right. just talk Still about positions. some of those players. I'm yeah. struggling right now. It's I'm tired. All right, uh, <laughs> I'm tired. All right, Chiefs fans. So give me a break. Let's let's talk about your favorite players still left in the second round. Yeah, well, I highlighted Tajay Spears, um, the running back from Tulane, as a guy that is an intriguing um, player amongst a group of tight ends and running backs that the Chiefs could pick from. Now, I did highlight Sam Laporta as one of those options. We've seen him go off the board already here in the second round, but. But I do think if the Chiefs, if the board falls to a point where they don't have a defensive tackle they necessarily like in the in round two, they don't have an offensive tackle they don't like in round two, they don't have a receiver they like in round two, I think one way they could kind of, uh, you know, maybe supplement that, you know, kind of make up for maybe not getting a position of need is getting, you know, a, a really good running back, in my opinion. You know, I think he has some medical concerns. He's torn his ACL twice. This is Ty J Spears again. But, man, when you watch him play, he is electric in the open field. He, he has the juice to make guys miss. Um, he plays bigger, I think, than his size. You, you kind of surprised when you look at his combine size, and I should be able to pull it up here. But he he looks like he'd be like six foot roughly, um, and 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 kind of be you know a, a bigger type of back. But then when you actually look at what size he is as a player, um, when he comes into the combine, um, he came into the combine. I am grabbing it here at 5'10", 200 pounds, which was just surprising to me because I feel like he holds up well in pass protection. He's a good receiver. He 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 catches well. I really feel like he could be uh, one of the best running backs in this class um, in the right system. And I think he does complement Pacheco well, being that kind of pass down back. Um, while Pacheco can kind of take the load of the carries, he can kind of just come in, play that Jarek McKinnon role. It's kind of a luxury pick, right? You know, having a second round pick as your running back when you're the Chiefs. But if if the board falls the right way, I think he'd he'd make an impact and 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 improve the offense. I would say right away. Yeah. And I think a guy, you know, in this range that I was looking at who is a tight end, he's yet to go. That could change very quickly at the rate this is going. But it's uh, Tucker Craft from the University of South Dakota State. He's a small-time prospect, but he plays big. And what I mean by that is he is, you know, he's a yak guy. Now, that being said, he is a bit more of a project. He's not going to be able to come in and be like a dominant blocking tight end right away. He'll need to work on that, much like Travis Kelsey did when he first got to Kansas City. But what he provides is, you know, and you just take a look at the height and weight, you know, 6'5", 254 pounds. He's, you know, he's a built guy. He's very fast. He's got a lot of yak potential, very good hands. Hasn't necessarily gone against the highest level of competition, you know, playing in the Missouri Valley Conference, but he is a winner. They've won a lot of games up there in South Dakota. I think he'd be a great, you know, from a personnel standpoint, you know, just from like a culture fit and then also – you know, his scheme fit down the line. It would be interesting. This would be more of a pick for tomorrow as opposed to today, but I feel like they'd be setting themselves up very nicely in the future. These picks are flying off the board right now. We are moving fast. That's what I like to see. Day day two of the NFL draft, they're not wasting any time. They're like, oh, man, we, we partied hard last night. Everybody had a great time. And, and these teams and these coaches and scouts and everybody's tired right now. So I am in favor of that. Um but yeah, those are the guys that we're going to be keeping close eyes on uh, throughout the second round and the third round this evening. But like I mentioned, uh, we'll be here, uh, but we are going to take a little bit of a break right now, kind of wait for the Kansas City Chiefs to come up on the clock. Hopefully it's a trade up. Uh, so be on the lookout for uh, on Arrowhead Pride's Twitter page, Facebook page, YouTube page. 
we will have uh, we will be reacting live uh, as soon as the Chiefs are on the clock with hopefully a trade up in the second round. But if not, uh, their late second round pick, they also have a late third round pick. But we're hoping they make some noise here on day two of the NFL draft. I'm Steven Serta. That's Caleb James, Ron Cobb Jr., Kramer Sansone in the background. Thank you, as always. We'll talk to you guys here in a little bit as soon as the Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Draft Room. Again, we are live here from the NFL Draft in Kansas City on night two. It's been a quick round two of the NFL Draft. These picks are flying off the board, and we are live again as is just being reported from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero that the Kansas City Chiefs have traded up uh, with the Detroit Lions. Uh, We're still awaiting the Los Angeles Chargers pick. They're on the clock currently, but it seems like the Chiefs are moving up uh, just behind the Los Angeles Chargers. So we are eagerly awaiting their next pick in the second round. Uh, How are you guys feeling? How's the board looking right now? Where do we think the Kansas City Chiefs are going with this pick? Real quick, I do have some draft compensation um, to, to talk about with, with what the trade just was. The Chiefs gave up um, 63 to move up to 55. Um, they gave up 122 and 249, so that's that first fourth-round pick and then another seventh-round pick. But they got 194, which I believe, if I can look here, 194 is in the sixth round. So they get an additional sixth-round pick, but give up a fourth-round pick to move up here. So um, kind of lose one of those early day three picks here, but – yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm seeing receiver. I think Jalen Hyde and Cedric Tillman are both on the board here. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, Daywan Jones is here too as well, though. And and Caleb, I know he's a kind of a plug and play right tackle. Uh, anyone you're kind of considering besides those three? I mean, I mean that. I think that's kind of in the range. If they wanted to double up on edge, I know that Tuli Tuipulotu is still on the board here. Um, they have a couple of options along the defensive line, but really with them going up. Uh, defensive end with FAU last night it does feel like this could be a tackle or receiver or maybe even a tight end if they liked you know enough of what they saw from one of the guys still available yeah this is interesting I'm excited now let's go I'm sitting here kind of like oh these picks are flying off the board it's kind of nice we're we're moving quick tonight after a a late night last night now uh, I'm getting rejuvenated I'm getting I'm getting pumped now we got some action from the Kansas City Chiefs uh we're looking to have our guy Rocky Magania jump in here in a, uh, in a in a couple of minutes as we eagerly await the Chiefs' next selection. Let's see what the Los Angeles Chargers do here. I feel like they could take a tight end. They they need a tight end. Yeah, Darno Washington's still on the board, and um, I, I I do think that would make sense for them. They do need a tight end, um, and that would take you know I think the Chiefs do have interest interest in in potentially taking tight end as well, but. I think there are some receivers on the board. Again, I mentioned Tillman. I mentioned Hyatt. Rasheed Rice, the SMU receiver, is also on the board. Fits that kind of physical profile of that X receiver that can win through physical coverage. Again, he's a little bit inconsistent, but he's also on the board. They'd be picking him over Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt, which would be um, pretty wild to me, but I do think he is one of the options here, so we'll see. So I I think this is an interesting spot for the Chiefs to trade up Uh, also. I I think – Maybe they were looking to get ahead of like a, a Jacksonville or, or the New York Giants if it is a wide receiver, if that's a position they're looking to attack here with this trade up because both those teams could use it. Like both those teams have weapons already, but they could both kind of use another guy. And, and so I, I don't think I, I think this is the spot where maybe we've been kind of waiting all draft weekend so far for the Kansas City Chiefs to make a move. And this is finally the spot where it unfolded. So, yep. And, uh, you know, my heart would go, 
you know, my heart's going Jalen Hyatt. My brain's honestly going Cedric Tillman at this point. But, you know, I think sometimes seeing some of those big, deep Mahomes bombs like we had a couple of years ago, you know, those are kind of fun too. Maybe they might be looking to go back to trying to take the top off the defense a little more. But, you know, there's still a lot of value out there at other positions too. Well, I did see who, who they're taking. Um, I don't know if you guys sound thrilled to, right now. <laughs> you don't want me to spoil it, but uh, the Chiefs are going with receiver. They're going with a physical receiver. Um, they're going with a guy that can, um, you know, win through physical couples, like I mentioned. But not the guy that you think, maybe. Cedric Tillman, Tennessee receiver, is not who they're going with. They're going with Rasheed Rice, the SMU receiver, Southern Methodist University. They trade up to go get this guy. Freak athlete. Um, he, he, did a very, he, he had a very good combine um, as I pull up his stats here. He... He had, I know it was a 41 and a half inch vertical. Uh, it's 40 was not good though. Let's not say, <laughs> let's not say that it was a 41 inch vertical, 10, eight broad four, five, one forty, but a one, four, nine, 10 split. So he's explosive out of his, out of his cuts. Um, he's a guy again, that has that physical physicality, but also some athleticism there on tape though. He's super inconsistent. Uh, and, and he's kind of a weird player to watch on tape. You sometimes come away thinking he can do a lot more than he does. So Rocky, what, what are your initial takes? His highlight reel is the some of the best plays you'll ever see, and then you'll just wonder why he doesn't get separation or make some routine plays as well. Um, I like him a lot. I liked him a lot really early on in the process, and then and as the season kind of went on, you were just kind of like, ah, oh, like, like you kind of said, I just wish he had some more consistency. But he does give you. He is that Juju Smith Schuster type of guy that they were looking to replace, right? Like they wanted that second big body opposite of Travis Kelsey to kind of take the attention away from Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And this, um, oh, sorry, Rock, I didn't mean to cut no, go ahead. I was just going to say this does seem like a really, you know, a Brett Veach type pick that, yes, he does a little bit inconsistent with the way he plays, but they're drafting, you know, an athlete who can be molded and coached into what they do. And, you know, taking a look at his career production – at SMU, he was fairly quiet, you know, somewhat of an average player, you know, just from what you see from his first three years there. But in 2022, he does pop off. He had the big 1,000-yard receiving season, 10 touchdowns. And like you mentioned, Rocky, some of those highlights, you know, it's crazy to see some of the stuff he does. You can see all of the athletic traits and all of that. Now, this is interesting that, you know, they did pass on Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt here. And I think they've pretty much put themselves out of contention for getting the tackle unless they're able to trade back up. But they do have the big receiver now that kind of we've all been clamoring for, a guy that, you know, is going to be able to go catch the ball and have some awesome yak production. No, that's the thing. You mentioned yeah. offensive tackle. I, I, I really feel like uh, it, it made sense for them to skip offensive tackle in this, in this round. Now, I will say I did not think Daywan Jones would make it this far. I'm surprised they weren't more tempted by him, you know, as that plug-and-play guy. But – I do think it's kind of a weird spot for, for tackle right now. Round three, round four makes a little more sense with guys like Nick Saldaveri, Wanya Morris, um, you know, a few other guys, you know, Tyler Steen maybe in that uh, in that range. I think it makes sense to wait a little bit on offensive tackle. It's just not the right time to pick it right now. And defensive tackle too. I think I think I think they operated this well. Um, I would have rather again got Tillman, but I think pick and receiver was the right move here. Yeah, pick and receiver was hundred percent the right move here. I would have preferred Tillman as well, but Rashi Rice is now the Kansas so, City Chiefs, so now I'm a huge Rashi Rice fan. <laughs> right? So, you know, he's, he's our guy. Say, 
and, and, and you guys talked about his inconsistency, but he, he is uh, an athletic wide receiver who, who does uh, have that big body and the big frame that we've all kind of been looking for and w- hoping the Chiefs would add. Like, but like, is, is he a, a player that you envision going off the board in the second round? Or is this something where you're like, oh, wow, like I, I did not expect this whatsoever? Late no, he was 100% a second round guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'd trade up for him, but he was definitely a second round graded guy. Like, I probably had him. Yeah, I guess, you know, we're getting towards the end of the second round. It's not like he went, you know, in the in the 40s. Right. So I think this is about the area that you would like to, they would see him go off the board just because of the tools and because of the production um, last year. But with, man, with Cedric Tillman still on the board, you would, you have a very comparable player that, I think brings a little bit more electric, like electric play and a little bit more consistency. But at the same time, Cedric Tillman's coming off an injury plate season. So, and Rice was 100% healthy last year. So, and, and but you guys did both mention his inconsistency, but he, he is an explosive player and, and an athletic player. So, like, when I think about that, and you mentioned like his, he struggles to separate sometimes like when you say something like that, it makes me think of Chris Conley. So like convince me, this isn't just Chris Conley again for the Kansas city chiefs. No, Chris Conley was a much better athlete. (laughs) (laughs) No, the weird thing about rice, uh, I will say is, is when you watch him, like he, he looks so good off the snap. Um, He does a very good job of winning right off the snap, you know, winning with good hand fighting. If he's winning, if he's playing against press coverage, you know, kind of creating that initial separation. But what's weird about him is he's, it's almost like he doesn't finish plays a lot of time. It's almost like he gets kind of complacent with, hey, I got the initial separation. I don't need to create any more separation. And almost like invites the defensive back back into the play uh, at, at some points. Um, but again, he, he has contested catch, uh, you know, opportunities on his film. Um, uh, you know, obviously the athleticism's there. You know, he's going to be able to win deep, but also win, you know, uh, kind of over the middle. Um, he, he does fit some of the, the stylistic categories that she's needed at wide receiver. Uh, definitely. I mean, that's why I wanted a Tillman or a, a Jonathan Mingo. But again, I, I just think those two were much more impressive on tape to me. I think Rice has a long way to go development wise. But hey, if, if you're going to get developed somewhere, I was going to say Kansas City is a great place. You know, we have seen receivers kind of, you know, the receiver development hasn't necessarily been this, this like, uh, you know, great storyline in Kansas City. I think they've had some failures there. But again, I, I just think he fits the type of receiver they need. And so if he can kind of fill that role at the very minimum, I think it was a good pick. So now just taking a look at the receiver room and kind of that pass catcher room the Chiefs have put together. Now they have obviously Travis Kelsey, but they've got, you know, they've got Sky, Tony, MVS, you know, possibly Justin Ross. Am I leaving anyone and Rice now? Am I? And it kind of feels like out of that group, you know, everyone is going to kind of maybe have a little bit more of a defined role. Maybe MVS goes back to being just that, you know, just the big play guy, deep guy. And then they try to work Sky into more of a slot type role, kind of like where Juju played, but they're going to want to get Rice some outside looks, obviously where he can use his athleticism to be able to, uh, go up and make some plays, create some explosion underneath. I think that's really where they can use him a lot early on, get him some routes underneath the line of scrimmage, let him operate, you know, on some slants, on some in routes, and then just kind of let him go to work where he can use some of that vision he has, use, you know, his physical nature. And then, you know. So, 
Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't even catch up. Oh, yeah, and, and then just kind of, you know, I think that's setting up Kadarius Tony to be kind of where he needs to be. Um, I know there's a lot of hype about him possibly being the wide receiver one. I, I don't see that really for him just because of the injury history, but now it's taking even more weight off of his shoulders to where he doesn't have to necessarily play a lot of snaps every game and they can kind of save save his best just by adding another body. And, you know, obviously it's going to take a little time to get Rice on the field, but if he does get on the field, you know, sooner than later, I think that it's going to end up being a major plus for the Chiefs just from having, you know, an athletic guy who can go up and get the ball in any, you know, any kind of separation, any kind of space, I mean. Yeah, and the thing is, he had he had almost 600 yards after the catch last year. So he does, he is good with the ball in his hand after the catch, and he has the size and physicality. He averaged he averaged 6.2 yards after the catch per reception last year. Now, some of the bad things are, you know, he caused four interceptions to his quarterback last year. You know, and he uh, he fumbled the ball three times, and he uh, and he does have a less than 50 percent. Uh, contested catch percentage where you would like to see that if you, for a bigger physical guy, you would like to see that closer to like the mid fifties or something like that. Um, instead of being sub 50, 50 ball, you know, he's, he's bringing in 48% of 50, 50 balls, but he's a physical receiver. So that's something he's going to need to, and it, he's going to need to work on whether it's just like a body positioning thing or just stronger hands and go and, and attacking the ball more and not letting it come to him. Um, but those three fumbles have got to get cleaned up too. You can't put the ball yeah. on the ground three times. Well, he's, yeah, he's got to clean up the turnovers a lot, man. That's the kind of stuff that's gotten the Chiefs beat in the past. Well, and I, I mean, I do feel like it's pretty safe to say that he's going to be a project and like he's going to take some developing, but he's going to have time to develop with the Kansas City Chiefs because we know he's not going to be a day one starter. Like he, he's not going to be a guy who plays – at 85% of the snaps or something ridiculous like that in week one of next season. But th- there's also like, I-, I mean, I think you can read a lot into how the chiefs built out the wide receiver room this year where, you know, so a lot of these guys aren't going to make the team probably because it, there's, there's just a ton of bodies in that group right now with MVS, Tony Moore, Richie James, Justin Watson, Cornell pals for sure. Not going to make the team. John Ross, Justin Ross, like, and then you add, add in this rookie and there's just a lot of bodies, but I feel like that's the chiefs. And, you know, you think back to the postseason last year where they're down to Marcus Kemp uh, as, you know, playing in, in significant crucial moments of the NFL season. And they're just like, okay, we just got to make sure we got more bodies. We got, we got to make sure we got more, more wide receivers who can come in and make plays for Patrick Mahomes. So this is the wide receiver that we were all waiting for. Maybe not necessarily the exact guy that we all wanted and, and were hoping for, but I, I think that we should be happy that the chiefs took another wide receiver because it, it says that they're not complacent with the group that they put together, even though they've got a ton of bodies in that room right now, they know they can still get better. And they're really betting on a lot with this group. Uh, like, I feel like the only guy in, in their wide receiver group right now that you know definitively what you're going to get is MVS. And, like, we know what we're going to get from MVS. It's not elite-level play. He's going to have some big games here and there, and he's going to make some big plays. But for the most part, he's going to be pretty inconsistent. Outside of that, we don't really have anything definitive that we could say uh, about this wide receiver group other than 
projecting potential and that's kind of what the whole room is right now but you're just banking on the chiefs and patrick mahomes and andy reed being able to get the most out of these guys oh 100 percent. and i mean we've been banging the table for a wide receiver that's over six foot one and over 200 pounds for a really long time and yeah. we finally got it right we finally got in the draft it's a premium pick they believe in the guy i'm at the point in my life where all my reservations aside about what the guy isn't, I want to lean into what he is and trust trust this, you know, Hall of Fame coaching staff that the Chiefs have and this general manager that's been on an unbeatable heater for the last two years. So, you know, as far as acquiring talent. Really quickly, and Rice is also 23 years old. So I did say earlier, you know, it does seem kind of like a pick the Chiefs will make as far as his athletic ability. You know, they're going to bet off of that and try to improve the areas of his game that need work. But I don't know, at 23 years old, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's going from maybe they have a ton more confidence in him than we do. Then maybe some, you know, maybe just kind of what the initial thought of, you know, Andy and those receivers, because, you know, at 23, you know, he's got to get on the field sooner or later at that age where he's not going to be, you know, they're not going to be able to get the best football out of him for the longest yeah, uh, I, I think it's an interesting pick, um, you know, and, and he was we talked about earlier when we were going through uh, Ron's players to keep an eye on on day two of the NFL draft. Like he was in that grouping of those wide receivers. So this certainly doesn't come as a shock. It, it fills a position that we were eager to see the Chiefs attack. And it kind of plays into what we talked about last night with the way the end of the first round played out where we were feeling really good about ourselves around pick 20 and then it all just kind of fell apart. But now you, you give up a little bit to move up and, and make this move. And I think you had to get ahead of a, a couple of teams who are right there to make sure that you get that guy. So you, you had to feel comfortable about it, but you still have enough ammunition in the third round to try to make some noise and, and to try to move up and, and get some, get some stuff. you got the late third round pick, but you still have another fourth round pick. You got the sixth round picks and you get the seventh round picks. So you can try to put together some other kind of package to make some more noise uh, before we wrap things up on day two of the NFL draft. So overall, I, I mean, edge wide receiver, two picks. Like how, how are we feeling about the Chiefs draft class so far? Super well, solid so far. I think that, you know, you come in, you come into the draft thinking the Chiefs have probably four major needs, edge rusher, defensive tackle, tackle, Offensive tackle, right, and then wide receiver. And so far, two picks, two of those needs are taken off the board with players that you that on some level you think they were pretty good value at the position they were taking and that they're they're gonna be solid contributors at their floor, right? You know, like Rashid Rice isn't gonna be a bust. He he may be a guy who only gets six hundred yards a year for seven years in the league. But that's not a bust. That's a productive wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, Caleb, how, how are we feeling day two with you know, a full round left to go uh, tonight and the Chiefs at least one more pick this evening unless they, they do something drastic? Like, How are we feeling right now? So FAU felt incredibly expected, you know, is when the board didn't really fall their way. That kind of felt like a consensus pick. You know, we were walking around earlier in the day and I think, we were all kind of like, man, FAU is going to make a lot of sense if things don't really go our way. This was totally unexpected. I did not see them – you know, you you could see them trading up. Yes, I did not see them going after Rashi Rice. I just thought with some of the other – you know, with some of the other stuff, you know, the other players they'd looked at, 
I thought maybe they'd be more in on Tillman, maybe more in on Hyatt, but that just goes to show you, you know, you take a look at like the media big boards and like the big boards that we do, and they can be totally off from how these guys in the NFL, how these general managers in front office and scouts feel about the exact same prospects. And obviously they should be because they're the ones that have time to go in and talk to these guys firsthand. But I think it's a fun pick. It's going to be, if it works out, it's going to end up being really good. We're all going to end up being really happy with it. So, I mean, I, I just think it's going to be one of those things. We just have to kind of wait and see on it. Yeah, no, I, I do want to get my, my two cents in here because I've been kind of uh, writing here and, and kind of not hearing exactly what you guys have been talking about. So sorry if I repeat here, but this is, this is the thing, man. I, I, the Chiefs really do need this type of receiver in their offense at the bare minimum. No matter who the name was that came across, they needed a bigger receiver with some, some physicality, some strength to him, again, you know, to win through press coverage to win over the middle of the field um being on the perimeter you know being on the outside winning you know towards the sideline you know mvs is a great deep threat or a good deep threat but he's not necessarily winning on contested catches at the sideline he, he's, he's not that kind of strong player so I, I i do think the type of player is the right pick i'm glad it was cool to see them move up to get their guy right you know they really believe in this guy obviously because they moved up to get him but again, I, I would have rather seen Cedric Tillman. I think he's a better prospect, and I think he would have would have fit their that same category of player and maybe be a better player. So I, I would have liked to see Tillman. But again, the Chiefs made the right move in terms of the style of player they needed to get at this point. Only two picks into this thing, two two additions to the 2023 Kansas City Chiefs roster. And it is important to remember in these moments, whether it's a guy that we have red flags about and questions about or, or somebody that, you know, we're, we're banging a drum for all draft season is that the Kansas City Chiefs are still the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So, like, while a lot of uh, NFL fans are getting devastated by their team's picks right now, like, we're still in pretty good shape. Like, the cornerstones are still there, and, and we're still just trying to fill out the roster and find some playmakers um, at, at, at the position the Chiefs are slotted, which obviously isn't a favorable position to always find like star caliber players. So you really got to do your homework. And I, I think that Brett Veach, his last two years with these draft classes and the impact players that he's found uh, with the Chiefs draft slots, like I, I think he's done enough for us to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I, I'm excited to see what they do the rest of the way. I, I still think I, I'd really like to see them try to make some moves here in the third round because I think. Uh, with those sixth round picks and the seventh round picks that they have, like I and the fourth round and fifth and like that, that's enough draft ammunition to try to move up a, a little bit more here. So uh, they take SMU wide receiver Rasheed Rice and and I think we're feeling OK about it. But uh, as I mentioned, it, it may be a little bit before the Kansas City Chiefs are back on the clock again. So we're going to take another quick timeout, but we will come back as soon as the Chiefs are back up and as soon as they're getting ready to pick. Uh, Rocky, my guy, Rocky Magania. You can follow him at on Twitter at Rocky Magania. We appreciate you joining us. I'm sure you'd be happy to join us again later when the Kansas City Chiefs pick. So we will hit you up for sure. You, you can't keep me off, bro. I'm coming back, whether you invite me or not. I got the link. All right. Well, we're gonna change the link, but we'll send it. We'll send you the new one, Rocky. I check out the live blog. We're working hard on it. <laughs> yes, go yeah. check out the live blog at ArrowheadPride.com. Uh, I'm sure we'll have something up on Rasheed Rice here very, very quickly. So make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com. As always, please make sure you uh, 
subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We're going to take a quick timeout, but we will be back here in just a little bit as soon as the Kansas City Chiefs are up again. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Draft Room. And, you know, barring something insane, this is likely going to be the last time we speak to you guys tonight as the Kansas City Chiefs have once again traded up. We saw them trade up in the second round and take SMU wide receiver Rasheed Rice. Now they trade up again towards the back end of the third round. Uh, I believe it was with the Cincinnati Bengals. We're still waiting to get the details on the trade. They were slotted to pick it at number 95. So if they trade with the Bengals, they move up to 92. And that was immediately after the Buffalo Bills just selected linebacker Dory and Williams. So interesting to see where the Kansas City Chiefs go here. Um, we're joined by Rocky Magania, Caleb James, Ron Cop Jr., of course, with me as they have been all weekend long. So what are we feeling right here, fellas? Like, what? who is that guy who's on the board who you're like, this is the guy, this is the moment that we've been waiting for all night in the third round? Well, let me say, because I do think the fact that they jumped ahead of the Bengals uh, tells me that they could be looking at a position that the Bengals could be looking at, which is the offensive tackle position. Daywan Jones, the Ohio State offensive tackle, still on the board. Um, some medical things could be pushing him down, but I really feel like that makes a lot of sense. I feel like the Bills could have picked him too, which was a little surprising why they made the trade, but they must feel must feel good about Spencer Brown potentially, but I think it's I think it's going to be day one Jones. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to get a day one starter here. You've you've got tackles on the board. You've got a couple. You've got an intriguing receiver prospect in Tyler Scott, and you know we mentioned it right after they made the Rasheed Rice pick. They could possibly go back to it. They certainly have a lot of options here, but it's someone that they just couldn't live without for them to want to make a trade with, you know, to make this trade. You know, especially when they were coming up, they were only a few selections away. An interesting thing is I don't know if PFS Draft Tracker just hasn't updated yet, but they still have the Chiefs on the clock at 95. Well, they're about to make a selection. Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) they're they're wrong, Rocky. No, no, no. They have them on the clock at 92 and at 95. Oh, huh. So we have two two third round picks? What NFL Network Tracker does not say that. Yeah, we need the details. No, they just updated it. Okay. Yeah, so, okay, we got the details. KC... Uh, to move up to 92, they give Cincinnati 95 and number 217. I'm assuming that's a seventh-round pick. So Yep, it is. Uh, so move up a couple of spots to hopefully get somebody that, they're, uh, that they obviously uh, wanted to attack and move up aggressively to go grab and give up a, a late-round pick for it. So <laughs> let's let's see what the selection is here for the Kansas City Chiefs. It could be, could be Jalen Duncan as well. He's another offensive tackle option. Around this range, yeah. No, I think Duncan does make sense as a developmental option. He has the footwork, he has the pass kind of setting ability um, that that the Chiefs would covet. Maybe um, I, you know, I just think the day one Jones pick when you when you get a guy that you feel like you can plug in right away at right tackle and complete your offensive line rather than waiting on a guy like Duncan to maybe develop, add to his anchor, and, and get ready for the NFL. I just feel like Jones makes so much sense here, but we're about to find out. We're about yeah. To- it, it's crazy they traded with Cincinnati to get in front of the Steelers. It's yeah. crazy that Cincinnati would trade with us, to be honest. It's I, I think in, in this situation when it's mid rounds, like when you're in the third round, like oh wow. Then you kind of throw that to the side. Okay. Wanya and, Morris. So tackle, tackle Wanya Morris from Oklahoma. So what 
do the Arrowhead Pride listeners need to know about the South? Because I know Oklahoma tackle Anton Harrison was a guy that we that tons of people were mocking the Kansas City Chiefs at the end of the first round. So what do they need to know about Wanya Morris? Well, what I would tell you is, yeah, he played right tackle at the University of Oklahoma opposite Anton Harrison. Um, you know, he's a, he's a true senior, so he's played there an extra year than he needed to. Has the frame of, of a Chiefs offensive tackle, right? He has some long arms. He has some movement ability, uh, the, the footwork to, to kind of get back in his pass sets. Um, the thing is, he, he is going to be a little sloppy maybe with his fundamentals, his techniques. Um, he's going to maybe be a little uh, off balance at times. But he has good footwork. He has good athleticism for the for the offensive tackle position. Again, he has the frame, long arms. I think you could put he could do some more mass to him. I think he might be a little light, uh, you know, uh, you know, in some extents. But I am surprised to see them go with him over Daywan Jones. But but uh, he is a right tackle. He is someone that should be able to compete for the right tackle position right away. Man, that is yeah. interesting. Just with them taking Morris there because I. There's guys on the board who I thought would give them better options. And now let me tell you, you know, he does have some ridiculously long arms. He fits a lot of the boxes. Is he going to come in and be a day one starter at right tackle? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that, you know, he's going to have to compete with Lucas Niang to be able to see what goes in there. Now, they are going to probably like the fact that he is a bigger, you know, he is a more mobile tackle. He's got a lot of work to do with his hands and hand placements, though. I know just off the bat they showed what they thought was a highlight on the screen, but he's got the defender completely in his chest. He's got to work on some of that upper body strength, but it's a good canvas to work with. I'm a little bit surprised, though, because there's guys like Salvadari on the board. There were guys like Daywan Jones on the board. I had those guys ranked higher than him. I had Wanya Morris as a, like a fourth or fifth round pick. I thought he was clearly a day three selection in the analysis I did. So I'm a, I'm a little bit shocked at that one. I'm a little bit shocked that they traded up for it. But, you know, there is that Oklahoma offensive line connection, you know, He's going to be familiar with Creed Humphrey. He's going to be familiar with all of those guys. So, it, you know, he may not be the guy to start this year. This may be more about thinking about tomorrow than today. He's going to need some development and seasoning. But like you say, he has the tools and he has, you know, he's also a high IQ football player. I think that should be included in there also. He really does a good job at, you know, picking up his reads when he sees them. And with, with this selection, like, and we talked about it last night when – you know, the tackles just didn't fall uh, to the Chiefs in, in round one, e even when they were kind of looking to move up. Like they kind of missed that window because so many tackles went so early in the first round of the draft. And we talked about it like Jawan Taylor, who, you know, was predominantly a right tackle in Jacksonville, but signed to the Kansas City Chiefs, as we assume to be their left tackle, but could possibly go kind of go both ways. Like, we talked about it last night. Like this absolutely locks Jawan Taylor into that left tackle spot. And now the Kansas City Chiefs are, we're going to have an interesting camp battle at right tackle now. Well, yeah, we will. And so, like you said, Wanya Morris isn't a day one starter, but he did split his time pretty much evenly between left tackle and right tackle as time in Oklahoma. He lost the left tackle job to, job to Anton Harrison this last year, but in 2020, he played specifically left tackle for Oklahoma. So he has, and then in 2021, he kind of split evenly his time. So he is that kind of swing tackle guy that the Chiefs kind of have been looking for. Um, They've got, you know, right now we talk about Lucas Niang, Brett Veach, I mentioned earlier, like was really uh, complimentary of Darian Kennard and kind of how he's developed. 
this offseason. And it seems like the Chiefs are kind of expecting him to be a player who could step in in this season after being a healthy and active his entire rookie season. And then Prince Seguinogo is another guy that the coaching staff seems to just love him as a player. Like they continue to keep him around as a guy for depth on that team. So he could be a guy who could be competing for that too. Like, I mean, that's, that's four guys uh, that, that, that could be competing possibly for that right tackle spot. And I don't think that Prince Tegawinogo necessarily is going to be, but I mean, they got a lot of bodies along the offensive line and we know the other four positions are definitely set. So that's going to be one of the more interesting storylines for the chiefs in training camp this season. Yeah, and also I think if you have these guys who are kind of raw or have some development that need to happen, like a Wanya Morris, what better team to have them land on than Andy Heck is widely regarded as the best offensive line coach on the planet, and then you have a former offensive lineman in Andy Reid. Like, like, like I trust their ability to see what's wrong with, with the guy and develop him. And Wanya Morris, I will say this for him, while he does let guys into his chest too much, while he does struggle with strength a little bit, when he does something right, he does it, he does it really well. And he's not a guy who can only run block and not pass that as well. He can do both, you know, decently well, just inconsistently. So he's not a one trick pony. Like you'll see a lot of these college tackles come out where they'll be great pass blockers, but they can't run block. Right. Wanya Morris is kind of good at everything. You know what I mean? So he's a pretty well-rounded guy. He's got a great frame. I think that you get him with with Andy Heck, give him a, a red shirt season, or let him compete for the job and see if he surprises you. But I think developmentally, he's a good guy to have in house. And so I, I want to get your guys' final opinions. And you know, barring the Chiefs uh, making another like serious move and jumping back up in, here to the very end of the third round, it seems like we're probably done with day two of the NFL draft. They got still got plenty of picks, even after giving up two late round picks today in these move ups, still got plenty of picks on day three. So still plenty of ammunition to try to move around and get some of these late round picks that Beach has been so good at the last couple of years. But they filled everything that we wanted them to fill so far through the first two days of the draft. Now, you know, I, I think we're, we're feeling really good about Felix last night, taking him number 31 overall and. You know, Nolan Smith would have been great there too, but he gets sniped by the Philadelphia Eagles. So we come away with Felix. We're feeling really good about the hometown kid from K-State. And then they get their wide receiver and they get their tackle. And so it's not necessarily the way I I think we would have scripted it, but I I think that I'm fine with the way that things worked out. Like they did fill every position of need that we've been talking about for months and months leading up to this NFL draft. So, yeah, and, and it, it's it's not the name you wanted to see, but none of them are names where you're like outraged over. Like I'm not outraged that they took Wanya Morris. Yeah, and like like Caleb, like how how are how are you feeling right now? Because yeah, it might not be the necessarily the names that you were hoping for, but uh, I mean, if we're gonna buy into the Chiefs right now, if we're gonna buy into Veach's, uh drafting development and and him identifying the players that they want to bring in and players that they can turn it into assets for themselves like how are we feeling about these three players after two days of the nfl draft well you know they've they've filled their three biggest needs you know they went edge receiver and tackle and they probably filled them in about the order of importance that they went in i think everyone was cool with the fau pick you know 
Rasheed Rice, we'll see about him, definitely the athletic ability. The thing I do like about Wanya Morris, though, that they're bringing in, that is he did spend a little bit of time at Tennessee playing next to Trey Smith for a little while at one point in his career. So that'd be something interesting just to kind of keep an eye on those familiar connections that guys have to one another. But he's, you know, like you say, they're going to make him earn everything. You know, he's at number 95 or not number 95. They traded up to 92 to get him. And I do like the fact that they are going to have an open competition and it is going to be a clear competition. I know they keep throwing Darian Kennard's name in there. I don't really see him as a tackle option, especially not now. I think it's going to be between Lucas Niang to actually step up and earn the position and prove he can. But because they know his health concerns and issues, they're going to have Wanya Morris waiting in the, waiting in the tank and kind of ready to go. It's an interesting pick. But, again, Andy Reid and – and uh, Kochak, they will value arm length over absolutely everything and anything that they possibly can. Uh, so as we're wrapping things up, and I want to get your final thoughts on this too, Rocky, but but Ron, like, how are we feeling? Two days of the NFL draft, Chiefs still have plenty of ammunition heading into day three to try to make some moves and find some late round draft gems. Like, is this, like, we fill all the positions of need, like, are, are you still feeling strong about this draft class? Or are you saying, like, these are a little bit more like projects than I was hoping we would land? You know, in terms of the specific players, uh, you know, I, I do think I would have liked, uh, you know, certain guys on the board at receiver and offensive tackle. But I think when you look at it, uh, and, and this is where, you know, being guys on the outside and not knowing what they're thinking on the inside, like, we do have to respect the fact that, you know, they, they're going to have their preferences at receiver and offensive tackle that we just may not understand. But we – I think we've done a pretty good job of calling um, the order of positions in this draft. I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I called the, the called the defensive trenches on round one. Felix Nduge Uzama was a was a pretty uh, popular pick amongst us at the AP staff. We talked about receiver today as that round two pick, right? Needing to go up and get a guy. Well, what did they do? They traded up and get Rasheed Rice. And then we talked about offensive tackle not necessarily being in that round two flavor, but maybe having more value in round three. Well, what do you know? They they take a guy that they feel good about, obviously, in round three. Um, to play so I think how it's playing out is kind of how I would have had it play out uh, uh, pretty much um, the defensive tackle position is one you can wait on a little bit especially because of the value of the position you know look if you get a nose tackle he can only play on first and second downs at times and, and it's not the most valuable position so I, I really like how they've that, how they've attacked the positions in order I just you know there's some players I would have rather had but that's just me personally my, my personal opinion and obviously, I'm not Brett Beach, so uh, so I, I think I think as uh, in terms of the positional value, man, I, I think he's done a really good job of picking and choosing which positions to go for it, which parts of the draft. So heading into day three of the NFL draft, and we'll start with you, Rocky. Like, what are the other positions they filled? They they drafted all three of the positions that we wanted to see them fill in this draft. So what are the other positions heading into day three that you're like, I'd really love to see them come away with something here, or there's pretty good depth still and talent still at this particular position that love to see them come away with a couple of those guys on day three. Yeah. I'd like to see them get a wide body space either that can play it in those tackle like a Keandre Coburn or a Gerard Clark. I would not mind them double dipping at wide receiver and get them get going for a more faster kind of twitched up weapon guy. Um, or, or, or maybe even just like a downfield threat guy, like a Matt Landers, you know, even if, if, if there's not a twist up guy on the board, um, there's still a couple of tight ends out there that, that I wouldn't mind seeing them go after. So I think there's like the only must have in day three 
is a nose tackle, I feel like. And then with the rest of the picks, you're kind of free to just go for best available or go for your projects and takes take home run swings, man. Go for guys with high upside and see what you can get. Um, and so, I mean, it looks like they're doing that a little earlier in the draft than we might have. But, you know, hey, these here's the thing, though, with these with these picks. It's not like they're just like, oh, crap, we're on the clock. Who do we want to take? Their board is hundreds of players long, and they've watched yeah. every single game of these guys, graded them, and then had another scout cross-grade them for accuracy to have a consensus before they ever even put somebody up on their board. So they know these players inside and out. And it, it does seem important to note that like, it seemed like a- after night one of the draft where it seemed like the chiefs were really, really trying to move up in the first round on day two, it seems like they really kind of picked their spots. Like there wasn't a lot of chatter about them looking to move up significantly into the second or third round it seems like they kind of waited for the board to fall to them and decided when the best value was to move up a couple of spots, which they did in each of those rounds. So it seems like they thought that was the best value move for them in taking those guys in the second and third round. But uh, Caleb, Ron, like going into day three of the NFL draft, what are a couple other positions that you would really like to see them try to go after? You know, I think now's the time to address the interior defensive line. There's a couple of guys uh, you got Siaki Ika, you got Keandre Coburn, you got Broderick Martin. The Chiefs actually met with Martin. I think all three of those guys, and really even if you want to wait till the late, late rounds, uh, Gerard Clark would be an interesting name that you can see, and they all fit kind of that mold of big space eater, can play two gaps. I know we've been really high on Ika throughout the course of the draft process. They met with Martin, as I mentioned a second ago. And honestly, I think they could still maybe take a crack at a wide receiver. It's going to be a little bit before they draft, but you still got Tyler Scott and Trey Palmer on the board. So it'd be interesting to see how see how that plays out. And then, you know, towards the back end, I'm sure we'll get a patented Veach move and he'll take a couple swing. He'll take a crack at a couple of secondary guys. And who knows, they might be starting starting big games for the Chiefs down the line. And Ron, positions you're you're hoping they could still fill on day three of the draft. Yeah, no, I think Caleb hit it. Uh, interior defensive line, I really think it's the sweet spot now. Um, the top round four really is really is. They don't have that first early round four pick now, right? And, and I do think that's going to affect it to an extent. But uh, I do think you could see them go go there. But watch out uh, for running back. I, I think running back is going to be a position that at some point they're going to want to at least look at hard. You know, I, I think they have a nice little safety blanket with Jarek McKinnon kind of waiting for them to, to sign him after the draft, right? If they can't find that guy to replace his role. But watch out for guys like Syracuse's Sean Tucker, Georgia's Kenny McIntosh. There's going to be guys that the Chiefs may value that can, uh, you know, look comfortable as a receiver, but also maybe give you a little bit of in pass protection. That's the real, real thing Jarek McKinnon does. You're not going to be able to get a rookie that's going to come in and do what Jarek McKinnon did as a pass protector, but you can get close. A guy like Kenny McIntosh would make a lot of sense in that in that sense. So look out for running back. I do think, you know, hey, it's nice to have Jarek McKinnon, but. It'd be also nice to have a younger player, kind of more of a, a you know, a guy kind of on the ascent uh, in that position, you know, maybe that you could get a little more out of than you've gotten out of McKinnon the last couple of years. Yes. K- Kenny McIntosh all day long. He is the best wide receiving, the best receiving back in this draft. And you can put him in the slot and he can run full, a full, almost a full root tree. He has great hands. You could, you could, <laughs> Kenny McIntosh is a dollar store Debo Samuel. <laughs> I love it when Rocky gets juiced up uh, about these prospects. And 
it is important to note they did trade away that early fourth round pick is Rod mentioned. So it's going to be a while again, unless the chiefs try to move up there as of right now, they're not slotted to pick again until number one thirty four in the fourth round uh, of day three of the NFL draft. But you know, Two days in the books. They got the three biggest positions of need on the roster. And now we'll see what they do on day three, where you know, we saw Brett Veach hit a bunch of home runs uh, on day three of the NFL draft last year. And we'll see if he can do it again. But thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're having so much fun covering the NFL draft for you guys here at Arrowhead Pride. Um, as always, make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com. We will have uh, draft evaluations, player profiles, all of that stuff, everything that you need to know about the new Kansas City Chiefs up immediately at arrowheadpride.com. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. You can follow Rocky Magana on Twitter at Rocky Magana. I'm Steven Sir. That's where you can find me. You can follow Ron Cop at Ron underscore Cop. And Caleb, you're at CJ Scoops, right? Okay. Yes, sir. I, couldn't, I couldn't find it fast enough, but I thought that was right. I just wanted to double check. But again, appreciate you guys. Day two is in the books. We will be back tomorrow for day three. We'll talk to you then.